All right, ladies, when it comes to sharing your business across all the platforms, what's the one platform you own? It's your email list. Do you have one? Today, my guest, Brenna McGowan, the queen of copywriting and Instagram expert, is going to share why it's important to have a welcome series of emails, how to set them up, and what goes into these emails. But first, I'd like to share the review of the week that was left on iTunes. This five-star review was left by Joelle Seuss titled, So Much Value. This podcast breaks the mystery of social media and what to do to grow on a platform. I feel like she has the ultimate hacks, but keeps it real in doing things with class on social. I get so excited for each new episode. Love the content ideas episode. I really get excited to read each and every review. So thank you. Honestly, if you love the show, the best way to help it grow is to subscribe and leave a few kind words. Now let's get to the juicy stuff and chat with Brenna. Hey there, mom boss. Welcome to the social media for mompreneurs podcast. I'm Allison Scholes, brand strategist and lifestyle stock photographer. And yes, I'm that boss lady in sweatpants. If you're ready to fine tune your personal brand, grow your business on social media, learn some really cool marketing hacks, all while balancing family life, then girl, you're in the right spot. And please don't be shy. You can connect with me over at bossladyinsweatpants.com. If you're ready for today's show, go ahead and hand out the kids' tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee, and hide in your closet. It's time to dive in. Hey, ladies, welcome back to the show. Brenna McGowan is in the house today. Thanks, Brenna, for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, Brenna, I would love for you to introduce yourself and what your business is. My name is Brenna McGowan, and I am an email copywriter. Um, and what that basically means is that I help businesses uh, write emails for their business that help them grow and make more money. That's awesome. We all want more money, don't we? Yes. <laughs> and before we start, can I just tell you, every time I hear your name and say your name, Brenna McGowan, it sounds like a Hollywood name. Has anyone ever told you that before? Nope, you're the first one. So. It is. It's such a Hollywood name, Brenna McGowan. Like <laughs> when I met my husband, I was like, "Oh yes, McGowan's a great, you know, on top of everything else, McGowan's a great last name to have." And my maiden name was Carol, which uh, everyone always thought was my first name because Brenna is not, you know, not a common name. Right. It's a lot more common now. But uh, so I was happy to have an easy last name. Well, you have a wonderful name and we have a wonderful topic today. So we're going to talk about email list. And I know a lot of people might be rolling their eyes and go, well, why do I need to really bother with an email list? Because my company or my business is doing great on social media. Before I jump into the ultimate questions of a welcome email, a nurture series, why do you think it's important for someone to have an email list? Oh my gosh. An email list is everything. I mean, the whole goal of our, no matter what our marketing plan is, our whole goal should be to move people off social media, which we don't own, get them onto our websites and 
to further that relationship is to get them on our email list. Amy Porterfield, I don't have the exact quote written down, but she says something to the effect of, you know, the strength of our business is in the quantity of our email list. I always go back to that quote that when we're really building and nurturing and trying to grow our businesses, our email lists are something that we own and probably one of the most important aspects for the marketing of our business especially online, but I also think it's something that a lot of brick and mortars and smaller businesses don't even realize the potential that they have with growing their email list. Okay, so let me jump into my first question for you, Brenna. What is a welcome or nurture series of emails? This is a series of emails that are written when someone joins or becomes part of your list. Typically this is done when you've created a lead magnet or a freebie and someone has, or some people just say a newsletter, but whatever that is, when someone has opted in and said they want to become part of your email list, that is typically when what we would call a welcome series of emails would or should be sent out. And why do you think we need that nurture or welcome series? Well, there's a couple of different reasons, but more the most important reason is that when someone signs up to be part of our list, I I call it like internet dating. Um, when someone you know signs up, they're saying, "Hey, I kind of like you," right? But they don't really know who you are. They don't know anything about you. And there's a couple of statistics that I have written down that I wanted to talk about. Where welcome emails are incredibly excuse me, incredibly effective. On average, 320% more revenue is attributed to them on a, a per email basis than any other promotional emails. And that's from WordStream. So 320% is huge. And that nurtured leads, so leads that have gone through our welcome series, typically make 47% larger purchases than non-nurtured leads. And that's from the Anudis group. So there is, you know, strong statistics behind having a welcome series, but what it does is it helps build, establish authority. It helps build no like, uh, no like, and trust. It shows them who you are. It gives you a chance to handle many, maybe some objections they have with working with you. Um, it shows them how you can help relieve some of their pain points um, with your product or service. And last but not least is that when someone goes through your welcome series, typically this is a time where they will go off your list if they're truly not interested in you. Um, so if they've signed up just so they can get that lead magnet, but they're really not interested in you for whatever reason, this is a great time when you're sending them the series of emails and kind of reminding them you're around that if it's time, if they're not the person, your ideal client to be on your list, it's a great for time for them to jump off. And sometimes we don't like, you know, seeing the unsubscribes, but in the big picture, it really is a good thing to have a list of engaged people on your list. So if people do unsubscribe during that time, don't take it hard. It's part of the process. So, okay. So this leads me up to probably one of the biggest questions and I'm sure a lot of our listeners might be thinking, okay, I need a welcome or nurture list. How do I set it up? Right. This is, and some of the tech part can be overwhelming. I always recommend people when they start, if it's, if you're just trying to start and you don't even know, you know, something like MailChimp is inexpensive or free in some cases. MailerLite is another one. Some of the more sophisticated ones are ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign, but through all of these, you should be able to set up 
automation. That's the other beauty of this welcome series is that once you create it once, you know, you're done for some time, depending on what you offer and what may need to be changed. But you can go in and basically tell the system, okay, when someone signs up to be part of this email list, I want them to get this series of emails. And once you write them and start them and start the automation, you're done. It does the work for you. So as much as it may seem a little overwhelming to think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this done? Once it's done, you're set for some time. So... And I think YouTube is your friend when it comes to figuring out how to use these programs. You can just Google it and there's a YouTube video out there that'll show you how to set it up. Exactly. I recently switched over to ConvertKit myself and they have like amazing videos that they put out themselves that have uh, the information depending on who you go with. Sometimes, you know, customer service can be able to help you, but, but most of them I will say are fairly easy when it comes to getting the automation set up. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Let's say we have a listener who is ready to set up the automation they're probably wondering how many emails do we need for this automation and like what goes into these emails? That's a great question. Um, I would say that to start off, I, you know, I like doing somewhere around five to seven. If that seems extremely daunting, do three because you can always add it. I heard Laura Belgrade do, she's a copywriter uh, who I quote all the time. Or I love like, her. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love Laura Belgrade. I'm like her number one fan. And just because she just makes things easy and she had a post or a blog or an email, I don't even remember. But where she talked about is like sometimes we think that people know what's missing when we don't put something out there, but really we're the, we're the only ones that know it's not missing. So if you put three instead of doing five or seven, no one's going to know that you wanted to do two extra and you didn't do it. So that's the first thing to keep in mind is I would, you know, you at least three, probably about five for most of us, I think is sufficient for the size of our businesses. If your businesses is larger, or I often think too, if you're selling you know, depends on how, how far you're taking the buyer through the journey. And also like, you know, if you're trying to sell, I always say, if you're trying to sell a $3,000 product, you might need to nurture someone a little bit more than someone who's selling a, you know, $50 product or $15 product. I kind of keep that in mind. The things that I always say too, is really being clear before, if you can, before you get started on like who your ideal client is, what your brand voice is and what your goals are. So those are the three things that, you know, before you rush in to do something as important as I think it is, I also don't want anyone to have to repeat and do things. So really figuring out who that ideal client is and really what your, and I know a lot of us when we're starting, we're like, we're kind of muddling through, but if you can get clear on those, it'll save you having to rewrite something down the line. Let's see, and in terms of what you want to put in these, I always start with what are my major goals? Like what are the actions I want these people to take? What do I want them to know about me? And figure out my calls to action up front. I mean, some people do this a little bit differently, but I always think that if I know you know, for example, for you, you want to make sure people know about your podcast. You want to make sure they people know about your membership. You want them to know how you even got started so they can understand your whole mompreneur. So those would be the, the actions or the, the steps that I'd want to make sure I put into my welcome series that are really important to my brand and really what I want people to do. I also, when I think about these, uh, what do I want the client to know about me and what's important about my story? 
Uh, what am I trying to sell? I kind of going back to my, my tone, you know, you want to write in a way always that's conversational, but that's true to you. Are you, are you conversational? Are you more snappy and fun? Are you more serious and kind? These are the kind of things that you want to think about so that you put into your welcome series email who you really are with your messaging. And something else I always think about these welcome series is what are the questions that I constantly get asked by clients? You know, these are the most pressing things that my ideal clients want to know. And so I always try and infuse some of that into this series. So if somebody has like a free opt-in out there and like a landing page for their freebie and someone signs up for the freebie, how, like, do you give like guidelines on how far out the welcome messages or the nurture series should be spaced out because they're going to get their freebie immediately. Right. Do you sell or do you send like a welcome email the next day and then something else like two days later? Like how quickly should the nurture series go? I usually do it about every other day. Typically on my first few emails, I may space them a little bit closer together. So I usually do, they get, you know, the, if they sign up for my lead magnet, they're always getting an email from me immediately with the lead magnet. And I kind of tell them what to expect. I set up expectations from the beginning. Once again, this is the time where they are the most interested in you and let them know, okay, hi, first of all, here's your freebie. You know, maybe you give a reason why you wrote it or you give some story. And that's something too, that's really, we haven't talked about through this whole series is very story based. It is not in my opinion, it is not where you're just giving people more information. Like we're all inundated with information. So it to me becomes more noise. So the first one in my mind is maybe a little bit more informational, but then the rest of the series would go into some into story based. So at the beginning, I always let them know like, hey, this is what you're getting. This is how often you can kind of expect to hear from me. I also let them know like, you can, if you're really not interested in me, like no hard feelings, go ahead. You can unsubscribe. Last but not least, I always uh, ask for a reply on that first email. And part of the reason why is not only does this help with, you know, engagement with us talking to people, like when people are talking to us via email, it's like going a step deeper than they are on social media, you know, especially because our our inboxes are a private place. So first of all, if we can get some type of communication set up, it's helping with our engagement. And second of all, if someone replies to that initial email, it helps keep you out of the spam box. Uh, you know, usually if someone signs up for an email from you, they're looking for that freebie. So for some reason you even got put into the junk or the promotional, they'll usually go in and look for you. So if you can kind of get yourself from there and get a reply. So I always try and think of a call to action, depending on what the email is that gets them to actually click reply. And something else we should say too, is when it comes to calls to action on these emails and for any, no matter what it is, is really keeping it to one call to action. So we don't want to ask, you know, we don't want to tell someone to go see your blog and to come listen to our podcast and, you know, download this thing. If we can ask them to do only one thing for each email that we send out is really important. Whether it's a reply, we're asking them to go to a blog post, we're asking them to you know, go 
watch, watch a video or listen to a podcast, that sort of thing. Oh, that's really good. And I love how you talked about story base, which makes me write that down. And I'm going to go check my welcome series and make sure it's more story based and not just jamming information down their throat. Right. And you can give people information, but it's kind of funny. And it's one of the things I love about email and why I decided to really follow down the email path. It's like these little fun, short stories that we get to tell that kind of draws a parallel to a life lesson or a business lesson, or even why our product makes sense for someone. You know, we can use these, these stories and these are stories. And that's another thing I, I love about Laura Belgrade too, is like, she is the master storyteller. And if you sign up for her emails, like she just tells these stories about everything that you're able to go in. Uh, and Marissa Corcoran also does this and Chris Orzachowski, one of my mentors, they all just use these everyday stories and create this connection with you. And it's nothing special. So I think it kind of even goes back to, and this is why I love Instagram captions, because in my mind, email marketing emails and Instagram captions are very close, is that you can write about anything and somehow apply it to your business. So I think instead of if people are getting overwhelmed thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do all this writing. A lot of this writing is just thinking of a funny story or something weird that happened to you or something along those lines and being able to infuse humor as well, which I also love doing. That's really cool. And I have another question too. When someone is creating a welcome series based on a free opt-in, in your opinion, because you hear like the whole point of our email list is we eventually want that potential or potential be, become a potential customer. Yes. Within the nurture series, how soon do you ask for the sale? Like, is that something you ask, boom, right in the first one? Or do you nurture them a little bit, get to know them a little bit? Maybe you ask for the sale like the third or fourth. Like, do you have an opinion on when to ask for the sale? I like personally nurturing a little bit before I ask for the sale. I think some of this is personal opinion. I also think that some of it is how comfortable you are. There's people out there that think, you know, that it's okay to ask for the sale in the first one if they're ready. I know one of my mentors, like I mentioned, Chris Orzachowski, is like, if they're ready for the sale, then let them have the sale early. I always go... It just depends, but I usually do it on probably my fifth email. When I go through and write a nurture series, I am starting off with my welcome. I'm kind of going into the creation story. Maybe I'm providing some extra value. I'm handling some objections and then I can start in my mind. So I usually don't do the sale to probably my last ones. I like that idea too. That's what feels right to me in terms. But if you have, you know, if you have this email and you have the perfect solution to what you're talking about, I don't think that you can't do it. I think selling in on email is a lot easier than it is maybe like on an Instagram caption. I think emails are a time to sell. So I don't think you have to be shy. I just think it has to make sure that it feels right to you. Now let's go back to our email list and whatever provider that you're using, because I always wonder about this question. When you're going back and you're looking at your analytics of your list, the number one thing I look at is the open rate. But then I look at it and go, well, is that a good open rate? Is that a bad open rate? <laughs> right. So what is your opinion on the open rate? Like what is the trend for a good open rate? 
I would say on the low side, I'm, I should know the statistic off the top of my head, but I, the, on the low side, 15 to 20% on the higher range is probably like 30%. So if you're getting over 30% on average, you're doing super awesome. And I also would say too, is these open rates like fluctuate. I do think it's something to kind of keep an eye on. I was just in a Facebook group, I think it was yesterday, and this one person was like, wait, my open rates have been low, 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 and all of a sudden they spiked up, you know, why? And it's just like, it's hard to determine, you know, why. I do think you have to watch on average. I would say, you know, if you're getting on average less than 20%, you know, you might want to be looking at your subject lines. I mean, subject lines are in your preview line of your email, because that is, if people aren't opening, Typically, I would go back or to the subject line or I'd go back to also like, is it the right audience? Have you attracted the right people? Because sometimes when we're pivoting and making switches in our business, and that kind of can go into a deeper discussion of segmenting and tagging. But on average, if you're getting a little bit lower, I would definitely be looking at my subject lines to see if there's something I can do or go back to really looking at the analytics of when, if I've gotten a higher open rate, you know, when, what type of subject line did I have? You know, what was I doing? Because once typically this open rate is dependent on what that subject line is, you know, once you get that open rate, then you're kind of looking at the click-through rate also after that. But Subject lines are always, and probably the hardest thing to write. There's another quote out there, can't remember exactly. I should have written that one down too. But basically that 80%, you know, that 80, you're, once you spend, I think it was David Ogilvy. Once you write your subject line, you've already spent 80 cents of your dollar. So that's how important the subject line is when you're writing. Now, how would someone determine if they have like a good subject line? Are there online tools to like, yeah, what should be in a subject line? Should they be short? Should they be long? Like I struggle with subject lines. Usually you want something shorter. Um, I believe the average is six words performs the best, but you want to, you, you want to make sure that it's going to fit into, you know, we have to think too, we're dealing with mobile, that it's fitting into most people. I um, mean, most, uh, most MailChimp or any of these service providers will tell you typically how many people are opening on mobile, how many people are opening on desktop. That is, you want to make sure it's not too long. Subject lines are, you know, an enigma to themselves. But a lot of times the, if you're telling people like, uh, if you're giving them tips, you know, five tips to do this, if you're telling them that you're overcoming some, some pain point, I really love curiosity subject lines where you're peaking curiosity where someone's like, hmm, what's she talking about? You know, I wrote one, one of my best performing emails was what do lives and Seinfeld have in common? And I think it just kind of was like, people are like, well, what does it have in common? I'm curious. <laughs> so I'm always a big a big proponent of the curiosity ones, but definitely letting people know that they're getting some tips, some value, or that you're, you're handling a pain point somehow in your subject line goes a long ways too. If you were to give some advice to our listeners, because we probably have a lot of listeners who haven't even started an email list and they're probably thinking, how long would this take me to set up and how much time should I set aside? Like what realistic expectations can they set for themselves? Well, I get, I think that's a kind of a loaded question in respect. Like if you've never written an email and you've never been on 
MailChimp and you've never, you know, you've never done any of these things, I think to get it started, it might take, you know, if you, let's say if you did three emails and, and you had to do all the tech for it, you know, a day or two, probably if you've never done anything before, I think it depends, you know, some people are really great on tech and then some other people are horrible with the writing, you know? So I think that it depends on how long it would take you. I would just say to like, make a goal for yourself, like not, if, I'm, a, I'm such a big proponent of these little steps make big. So maybe this week you say, I'm writing one of my emails this week. And then next week I'm going to write the second email. And then next week I'm going to write the third email. And then I say, okay, now that I've gotten these three emails, now I'm going to go and load them into MailChimp one day and set aside a few hours to kind of do that. Or I keep saying MailChimp because that's what I use to start, but whatever your service provider is. But I definitely think that giving, you know, so by doing is you're like, could I write more than one email a week? Yeah, but we all are so busy. Like, right. We're all moms and have clients and businesses and courses. So if I just say, I'm going to write one email this week, that makes it doable. And you'll, you'll still have some something loaded in a month from now, which is better than like trying to figure out a day to set aside to do it all and right. get it all in there. And to me, it makes it more manageable like that. Well, thank you, Brenna, for all this information. And I agree with you. I think a welcome series is so important to your business because like you said at the beginning of the show, we don't own our social media platforms. And I think that's what people need to really understand. Like Facebook and Instagram can be gone tomorrow. So we can't rely on that. But what you can rely on and what you have is your email list. So Brenna, where can our listeners find you so they can follow you and get all of your welcome email wisdom? My email, uh, or not my email, my website is Brenna at the socialrescue.com. And um, I think you were going to link it in the show notes. But uh, I also have, if you go to that website and do backslash resources, I have a quick guide that kind of lays out what information you can put into these first five emails and things to think about and calls to action to think about. So it's kind of an outline that's already or a guide that's ready for you that you could just go and um, quickly download and be able to get started today. So ladies, if you're listening, make sure that you grab that freebie from Brenna. I will make sure that it's in the show notes. And as always, Brenna, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. If you loved today's episode and walked away with value, then please head over to iTunes, social media for mompreneurs and leave a review and subscribe to the channel. This would make my day. And don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Allison Shoals or grab some freebies over at bossladyandsweatpants.com. Take care. I'll see you next time.